When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, welcome to the podcast. I am Joe Posnanski, and with me is Michael Shore. Michael, welcome. Thank you for having me, Joe. You are welcome. So listen, this is the deal. Mm-hmm. You and I just did a podcast. Correct. Like, look, like we're not known for the quantity of, po- I mean, we're known for the quantity and length of how long these podcasts are. Right. But like you and I will sometimes go weeks and weeks and weeks without doing one because we forgot or whatever. Um, Correct. And but this one is just like a couple of uh, days after our last one, and yep. th- there is a reason for this. Now I don't know if this is going to come out a couple of days uh, after the last one, but we are doing this very very close, and there's a reason for this um, that I just want to talk about at the beginning. I know you've got some exciting new stuff. You got a new segment. I have a new segment. For idea, us. Yeah, this is super exciting. But here's what I think we're going to have to call this one. I think this is an emergency podcast. But I think the emergency is that something that we discussed at length in the last podcast has taken a whole new level of of, of heights. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just gone to a whole different place. So I think the emergency is we didn't get to hammer away on this as much as we wanted to the last time. And now we get to hammer away on it more. Does that make sense? Yes, but there's there's also a second lesser emergency. Okay. Which we should get out of the way right away, which is that uh, someone named Owen on Blue Sky <laughs> pointed out yes. that it was not, what did we say? It was Bum Phillips? We said it was Bum Phillips who we left said, tickets for Elvis, for Elvis Presley. Elvis at, yeah. at every game. And right. Owen pointed out it was Jerry Glanville. Jerry and Glanville. When I, when I saw that, I went, God damn it, it was Jerry Glanville. <laughs> and I texted it to you, and your response was, God damn it, it was Jerry Glanville. So, of course it was Jerry Jerry. Uh, it was never Bum Phillips. But. But right, they're both sort of like they're they're the they're... same guy. In our defense, <laughs> Bum Phillips and Jerry Glanville are the same exact guy. With they're one the of them, one of them, one of them is wearing a fake mustache and pretending to be the other one. Uh, but both associated with similar with franchises and, That's and right. of That's the right. same era. And also, in our defense, and and I don't know if this would hold up in court, but in okay. our defense, yes. if you have. Uh, if you ha- are thinking of a, a factor of a piece of trivia that is within the general halo around Bum Phillips, you're gonna <laughs> say it was Bum Phillips. Like, I, I, you know that what I does mean? hold up in court. That yeah. does. I think that it is. It's the Bum Phillips defense. It's the Bum Phillips defense. Sort of, yeah. It's the Bum Phillips. Defense. There are certain people like that that are like, if it's if it might have been this person, like like what is the the thing like like essentially if you don't know. A quotes origin you just say mark twain said it yeah right? like mark twain like or shakespeare yeah or shakespeare right 
if you don't quite know, like if you think like, oh, it's a football coach, Bump Phillips. That's what you just you use. If you Bump look, if, if you're talking to your grandpa or something, <laughs> and your grandpa is telling you a story, and he says like, you know, it was 1978, and I was uh, in Houston, Texas, and I ran into a guy of a, a, a football guy. Who was that, honey? His wife is or husband is going to say Bum Phillips. Bum Phillips. Like it can't, it, yeah. It can't and if you're like, I, I went to the Galleria Mall in Houston in 1987 <laughs> and I got an autograph signed by a guy who used to be associated with the Houston Oilers. Who was it again? It was probably Bum Phillips. Bum like, Phillips. That, and bum. so so we apologize. We're sorry. We, we got we that wrong. Especially to Jerry Glanville. Especially to <laughs> Sure. Sure. And I guess Bum Phillips for making him sound like a, a lunatic who left... Tickets for when it was Elvis. Jerry Glanville who was a lunatic. We do right. know that Bump Phillips is the one who wore a cowboy hat everywhere, but did not wear a cowboy hat on the sideline at the Astrodome because he said his mother told him not to wear a hat indoors. Indoors, yes. Yeah, correct. yeah. So that is that is not Jerry Glanville. Owen, that is not Jerry Glanville. I, I yeah. don't believe you're going to come back. And later they're going to come back like, oh, it was Tom Landry. It probably was, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. We're just, look, I think... He should be the honorary. We don't know the origin of this, so we're going to say it came from Bum Phillips. I Anything think that should... I I would say that anytime we're talking about the NFL pre two thousand, right, and we don't remember the name of someone, we're just going to say it was Bum Phillips. <laughs> we should. Yeah. We should. He deserves that. Yeah. Bum Phillips deserves that. Um, the other emergency, of course, is uh, the New York Yankees, which we Correct. spent a great deal of time talking about on the last show in fact i thought very generously you and i we were very we were very nice to them we we have we have we have genuine concern for the future of that franchise and we gave what we thought was pretty level-headed and sound uh, advice sound advice for how they might proceed from here on out how do you go from here to there right like how do you get from where you are to to where where you want to be. And, and we mm-hmm. thought we gave them very solid advice. Uh, however, in the time, in the very, very short time between our last podcast and now, the Yankees have done what you and I have said they would never, ever, ever do. This, is, this has been a constant theme on the podcast is that even when the Yankees are bad, they're not bad. Even mm-hmm. when the Yankees stink, they finish 84 and 78 and are like in the wild card race until the last week and all that. The Yankees stink now. <laughs> they have the Yankees have bottomed out, which we never thought would happen. They've lost what? Eight in a row. Uh, um, yeah, they've lost eight in a row. They're yeah, one and nine in their last 10, I think. We, right. th- we should say, because sometimes the podcasts don't go up immediately. This is Tuesday, August 22nd at That's right. noon Los Angeles time. So. So yes, they they uh, they've lost. Uh, let's see, they've lost eight in a row. They're one and nine yes. in their last ten. They currently right. have a zero point four percent chance of making the playoffs. And the reason that's important, there's two reasons it's important. Number one, it's not zero point zero. They haven't been eliminated. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> and the other reason but, is, but because it is, the, it is less. It is lower than the Detroit Tigers, which is <laughs> I think is the real key here. Is the Detroit Tigers, who are fifty seven and sixty eight have a negative 99 run differential, have a currently, at this moment, a better chance of making the playoffs than the New York Yankees. I can't... When is the last time that was the case? Oh. This late uh, in the season, obviously. This late in the season. I mean, I I guess 
But weren't the Yankees good during that whole uh, 2000 uh, when the when the Tigers got good right. when they had that crazy team? The Yankees were also good. So I want to say uh, that maybe the Tigers had a higher chance, but only because it was 99.3 to right. 97. Point but whatever. Here's even more than the 0.4 percent chance of making the playoffs, which is crazy. They at this moment have a zero point zero percent chance of winning the World Series. Yeah, see, which, that scares me. I read that, and that really scares me. I don't think we should talk about that. <laughs> that's, that's you're still you're still holding on. You're still. Well, this is look. Let me just clear something up here. This is a sickness. We understand it's a sickness. It's not rational. It's not. Uh, no. There's nothing even keeled about this whole obsession that we have and we, and we understand that and there's nothing we can do it's just in our no, blood and it's, it's never going blood. away we grew up with this this is but it. it's they they uh, the yankees also so i read that they had a 0.0 percent chance <laughs> of making the of winning the world series and i thought well there you go that's 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 that'll be the story is that this they had a 0.0 percent chance and then they won uh but i also read that they're promoting everson pereira so everson pereira is their I don't know, second or third rated prospect. He's a right. top hundred prospect in baseball. And this is the depths of this sickness. They're also bringing Peraza back who had been up a little bit before. It wasn't any good, but is still one of their top prospects. But this is how deep the sickness really goes in your blood is as soon as I saw that they were bringing up Everson Pereira, I was like, well, there you go. He's going to hit 15 homers for the rest of the year. <laughs> and he's going to be the spark plug that the team needs. And he's going to put them over the top in the stadium. It'll be September 27th. It'll be a right. game out of the wild card. And he'll hit a three-run homer in the eighth inning. And they're going to sail into the playoffs. And then once in the playoffs, of course, they're going to win. Of course, they're going to win Every it all. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, so, but, yeah. Here's, but here's what I would say. Um, and this is going to be difficult for us because, you know, it, it really is in both of our blood to just believe they are, um, you know, uh, just they're vampires. They're not, you're not going to kill them. They're just no. going to keep coming back. They'll figure out something, but here's, here's what I would say about them. They did three things this past week that felt so unYankee like, and so dismal that it's like, really, is this, I mean, is it, is it over? Is like the Yankee thing over? The first thing you pointed out to me, which I just thought was amazing. The Red Sox beat up on Garrett Cole. Yeah. Garrett Cole is probably going to win the Cy Young this year. He certainly can win the Cy Young. Still. Maybe, maybe not maybe anymore, not. but yeah, he's still yeah. in the running. He's still yeah. right there. He's still right in the running, but they beat up on him and Garrett Cole afterward essentially said, oh, they were stealing signs, basically. Right. He basically right. said, like, I don't know. I mean, like, and I'm, really, I'm really confused. Yeah, I'm really that's confused what it was. by that because they were on a lot of really good pitches. It's very confusing to me. And very I, confusing. What are, you, what are you doing, man? <laughs> like, first of all, you played that. That game was in New York. So, like, if they were stealing signs, like every team tries to do all the time, they were right. doing it legally. They were just... Uh, and also, he gave up a bunch of he gave up two home runs and not, to not great hitters, you know. Like he gave up a, he gave up a two run homer to Connor Wong the other way. Like <laughs> I don't know what do you, what are you doing, man? It just yeah. there's such they have such loser energy about them. That's what that's the, what I'm saying. That's, that's really that's, the shocking thing, right? That's that was to me that was the first shock. I mean, again, a hundred percent. Look, Garrett Cole can get beat up. It happens to every pitcher and whatever. But yeah, that was loser energy. When you start talking about, oh man, they were stealing signs. There's the only way anybody could hit me and those good pitches is like if they're stealing signs, loser energy. That's really yeah. bad. 
The second thing is I looked at this month, Aaron Judge is hitting 213, and he does not look the same. Now, he's hit a couple of home runs in the last three days or whatever. He's, OPS he's, is still over 1,000, by the way. It, it, well, because he was so good before he got yeah. hurt. But he has not looked the same since he got hurt. And, man, nobody's pitching to him. <laughs> Nobody. Nope. Why, why would you? Well, you know, and it's so funny because early in the year, Yankee fans were really complaining when they didn't walk Otani. Uh, in you know, they're like, why would you pitch to him? Like, nobody on that team can hit. And now that's the Yankees. I mean, like, yeah. like there you go. You know what? I hate the intentional walk, but I don't care if they intentionally walk Aaron Judge the rest of the year. You know what? That, <laughs> you you guys deserve that for for even suggesting. Well, that. look at the look at the guys who hit behind him. Oh. I mean, it it is uh, it is truly shocking. I, I like I, we shouldn't spend too much more time on this. Like even I'm sick of how much we're talking about the Yankees these days. But the guys who who hit behind him. The guys they've put in that in that four hole, uh, it is. I mean, sometimes it's like but who Gliber, could they? Torres. Who well, could they put in that four hole? I mean, look they, at they, that lineup, uh, and you uh, tell me who could they put there that would be in any way, shape, or form uh, a nervous pitch for for they, somebody right uh, now. Obviously, they wanted it to be Stanton. And it has been in the yeah. past. That doesn't work. Uh, they they for a while they wanted it to be Rizzo. Rizzo obviously has had a concussion problem and is out yes, probably for bad. the year. So you're talking about you know um, Ben Rortvet or whoever <laughs> whoever the hell that guy is, or Greg Allen. I think literally hit fourth. Um, oh, for Greg Allen you. hit hit cleanup for the Yankees. They've had Greg I believe Allen. Yeah, I believe they've had at different times. You know. Um, Torres, I think Bader, I think like Jake Bowers hit cleanup for a couple of games. I mean, sure. th they just don't have anyone. And no. so even though it's going to be really, really painful when they come back and win the World Series this year, I think right now <laughs> we're able to say, I mean, that again, we're talking about a team. It's late August. It's August 22nd. They have four guys who are worth more than one win in their entire lineup. It's unreal. four guys. And it's, and it's obviously Judge missed two months and he still is second on the team and wins. Right. Uh, Rizzo has missed a long time. Uh, you know, Stanton missed a lot. Like they've had a lot of injuries. But when you look at their lineup, you you come to this weird conclusion, which is how did you ever think this was going to work? How did well, you ever the, think the Harrison well, Bader was going to be a, a contributing player to, to a championship team? Well, that's part of it. But it's also part. I mean, you mentioned, I mean, look, the. The Rizzo thing has been awful, right? Because I mean, he he got off to a really really good start, then he got the concussion that was obviously undetected, and I mean, he had two months where he couldn't he couldn't hit a baseball, he just yeah. couldn't even play before they finally pulled him, and and we don't know. I mean, that's look, I he's a Yankee, so whatever. That's scary. I mean, it's scary. Yeah. Like that's career scary, career ending yeah. scary. That's what Justin Morneau's career essentially ended i mean you know he, he did come back eventually but i mean it changed the entire complexion of his career and stanton i mean he's 33 and completely injury prone but he just looks like he look i mean he looks like he's connected by duct tape at this point i mean he can't move he can't it's it's you know he'll still every once in a while connect with a 600 foot bomb or whatever but it's it's bad the third thing i wanted to say about it is and just to, to finish off the yankee thing is when uh, Aaron Boone, the manager, uh, basically had the 
hey, we're not out of it yet, folks, uh, press conference. Yeah. <laughs> what, what did you think of that? I mean, I guess, what is he supposed to say? I, no. I, this is This is how far we've come here. I kind of, I feel a little bad for him. I know really? I shouldn't. Yeah, like, yeah. I know I shouldn't, and I know I want, I don't want him to experience any Aaron joy Bur- or Aaron, happiness. Aaron Boone has hurt you. He's hurt. He's personally responsible (laughs) for one of the worst moments in my life. That's right. But but he's now in this kind of complete. He's he know he's a dead man walking. He knows he's gone at the end of the year. Like he was dealt a really crappy hand. Yep. And in a place where no one cares that you were dealt a bad hand because you are. It's like they have this faux sort of 1950s Harry S. Truman, the buck stops here <laughs> policy, a, a way of running a team. But like, you know, he's he was Delta T. His roster's terrible. Terrible. And I, I look, let me let me be perfectly clear. Aaron Boone, when he is within 100 feet of any baseball stadium anywhere in the world, I want him to be miserable all the time. <laughs> I want I want him to experience nothing but misery, pain, and sadness. That's right. All, That's right. Within sure. the confines of oh, baseball. baseball. And yeah, in, his, and in, in the rest life. of his life, I hope yes. he has a wonderful life. I hope he is flourishes within relationships and with his children if he has them and with a business ventures. That's all fine. Within the confines of baseball, I want him to experience nothing but sadness and, yes. uh, and pain. And so when I say I feel bad for him, I mean like in the in the sort of abstract picture of like when when you see when everyone in the world knows what's going to happen to you at the end of a season and yeah. you still have to go out there and you still have to have team meetings and you still have to talk about how you know we we just got to grind it and we got to find our way and we get what next the only thing that matters is tomorrow's game it just it's just sad man it just it makes you feel no, sad no, there, it is it is and nobody nobody really deserves it i mean you're right he was He's he was dealt a bad bad hand here. Yeah. I mean, this is just not a good team. All yeah. right, so so that's our Yankee thing. That's an, it was the emergency. We had to sort of uh, finish it off. Uh, there are a couple things I want to talk about, but you said you have a segment, so I wanna I wanna see how that how that is. What that All right. is. So here's my here's my new segment. It's called Good Bad Wild Card. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so this is very simple. It's yep. one thing from the week of baseball that was good, right. one thing that was bad, and okay. then one just kind of wild card thing that wacky. just uh, something wacky, wacky. Something, yeah, yeah. So the question is, do we want to go good and then bad and then wild card? Do we want to start with bad and then work our way up to good? What do you think Ooh, is the right way to do good this? Good question. Um, I think we want good, bad, wild card. I, I, the, first of all, okay. that's, that sounds the best. But okay. secondly, I think that's right. Let's start off with the good. Here's the what good are, thing. What, Here's, wait, you're only giving one oh. thing, or are we giving nominees for? What, no, I'm, what I'm just. I got. I have one thing. Oh, okay, to, great. To throw out in each category to gotcha. discuss. That's the okay. segment. <laughs> Don't, okay. Come on, Joe. Don't you know how this segment works? <laughs> we've been I doing just... it forever. It's true. It's been. We've been doing the good, bad, By the way, and wild side, card. Side note: How many of the segments that we've ever invented? Have we ever done more than the one time on the day that we invented <laughs> I, them? There are there are a few that we did like two or three times. Um, yeah. But no, but no segment. Other okay. than meaningless thing, no segment that is right. uh, survived. All right. All right so we'll uh, never do some, this someone out there. So I would love it if someone out there who's been listening to the to the show since uh, since the late seventies when we first right. started uh, could make a a. a a complete list, a compendium, if you will, 
<laughs> of every segment we've ever announced and then engaged in uh, yes. just so we could have a running list because I think that would be fun. Anyway, that, here we go. Here's yes. the good thing from the week of baseball. Are you ready? Okay. Yes. Julio Rodriguez. Oh, that's there was there was there's no second choice. There's, there's no, second, no choice. second choice. He is the reason that the, I invented this segment. Well, except for <laughs> the bad thing, which we'll get to in a second. Uh, so Julio Rodriguez, I uh, I think it was John Heyman who pointed this out. I can't remember now. I'm so bad at attributing things to people. I'm sorry, yes. everybody Bump who Phillips. writes about this. Bump Phillips. It was Bump Phillips. Probably it was either John Heyman or Bump <laughs> Phillips. So uh, everyone knows, or most people who follow the game know, he set a record for, he had 17 hits in four games, which broke the all-time record. 17 hits in four games. That's right. I think it was Heyman who pointed out that the uh, he at one point he was uh, I think he was seventeen for nineteen over that stretch at one point before right. uh, striking out or something or making it out and or or maybe uh, getting on on an error but the the wildest stat of that whole run that he was on because uh, you can talk about you know his OPS went up I think forty nine points and yep. his uh, batting average went up twenty eight points or whatever right. so. The craziest thing is he uh, uh, was 17 for 19 and the two outs were strikeouts, which means that 17 balls in play in a row were hits. Were all hits. That's right. That is bananas. (laughs) No one. You can't do that in Little League. You can't do that if you're 16 and you're playing in a a 12U Little League. You can't do that. No one can do that. And like the thing about this guy is that we, we talk about, we've talked about before. We'll talk about it again. It feels like he's been around now for a long time. He is still 22. He's still right. much younger than a lot of guys who have yet, a lot of highly touted prospects who are who are yet to make their major he's league a, debut. He's the same age as some of the seniors who were drafted this year. Yeah, he's probably about Dylan Cruz's age, right? Like, or something. So the so he got off to a kind of, he got off to, I think, a, a pretty good start. And then the middle of the season was pretty bad. And he was yeah, at like a bad, yeah. seven, you know, seven thirty eight OPS for like, a, for much of the season. Oh yeah. And, and you didn't know, right. Was this like, uh Oh, the he's, he's he, maybe he isn't all he was cracked up to be. Is it that he, uh, is he heard what well, you just didn't know. And then he goes on a tear like this. And what you remember about this guy is that in all phases of the game, offensively, defensively, power, hitting for average, running everything else, he is at the extreme end of the bell curve, and if he can put together, in he's still only 22, and if he can put together a full season, not of going 17 for 17 on balls <laughs> right, of play, right, right. but just of like what what the, the in other words, what I'm trying to say is the ceilings he has shown in every phase of the game are as high as ceilings can be, essentially. Uh, with the possible exception of just raw power. Like, he doesn't right. have the raw power of, you know, of Aaron or, Judge or Right, or right, right. Or Ron, even like Ronald that. Acuna, probably. Yeah. But when you're talking about, like, what is, is this guy's future? This guy's future ceiling is multiple MVPs Hall of Fame. Yeah. And it's important that we remember that when he's 22 and he has a 738 OPS in June, and we're all like, "What the hell, man? Hurry up!" Yeah. Like, you know. And I, I, I watched two of those games uh, in in his run, and it it felt like when in 2000 or something or 2003 when you were watching Barry Bonds, you were just like, yeah. "This is going to be a hit." You just knew he was going to hit the ball hard and was going to get on base. It was wild. So you, Julio Rodriguez, are the good thing of the week. Good thing. I, uh, you know what I felt like watching him uh, play. And by the way, of course, it also lit up the Mariners. I mean, he's lit up the Mariners. They're yeah. they're totally 
like not only back in it, but I think in a position. They to make are the, currently the, the currently in the spot. final wild card. Yeah, yeah. Um, reminded me of Randy Rosarena during those uh, those yes. crazy twenty twenty playoffs, right? Yep. All right, so here's the deal. So on May twenty first, he was hitting two hundred four with a two eighty on base percentage and uh, with a three seventy six slugging. That's on May twenty first. So. Good six weeks into the season, right? And it's 30, like, 35 games in, something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, 44 games into the season. Okay. So you're like, uh, it's not great. And then, of course, the next day he went three for four with two doubles and a homer, right? You know, and he's like, oh, you forget that this guy goes on crazy, crazy things. And he kind of built up to that 730, 725 OPS that you were talking about. And he was there for a long, long time. Yeah. For months. I mean, he was there all of, of, of May. I mean, all of June, all of July and kind of into August as well. And then he was like, you look at him on, uh, on August 15th and he's hitting 256 with a 319 on base percentage and a 432 slugging. And you're like, you know, it's disappointing. And look, it's his second year. It's sophomore right. slump. But this guy was such, so dynamic, and he was so awesome, and it's like, eh, this is a little bit disappointing. And four games later, you're like, oh, yeah, now he's an 800 OPS. Like, wow, yeah. like, it just, that just happened, like, instantly, instantly. He, he went from league average numbers to all-star numbers in five days. Five basically. days. Yeah. <laughs> which, is, which is just amazing. I mean, four for six, five for five, four for five, four for six is what it ended up being. And... You know, he didn't walk, by the way, during the entire stretch, you know. Why would you? When you why know you? you can get a hit, why would you take a walk? Yeah. <laughs> and, and I mean, it's it's just crazy. And, of course, the Mariners won every one of those games. They've won six in a row. They're playing great. They're, like, wasn't that sort of the official podcast World Series pick? Didn't we both pick the Mariners to win the World Series or at least yeah, be in sure. there? Sure. I have no Maybe idea. Maybe we did. But, uh, but I'll, I'll tell you a, a, a secondary thing, and then we'll move on to the second part of the segment here. Okay. It's a, we got to get going on the segment. But the, there is a halo effect here. It's obviously, like the team... So he goes on this crazy streak. The team wins all their games, including, by the way, sweeping the Astros, which is yes. no small feat, right? No, no. Um, and out there just on the on the distant horizon on the very periphery of this streak that he went on and the team sweeping up into a playoff spot very faintly if you squint what you can see is Shohei Otani <laughs> with a pair of binoculars looking up from Anaheim at Seattle and yes. and wondering whether that might not be a place you'd like to play. And if the if the Mariners end up sneaking into the playoffs and doing something in the playoffs. And they by the way, they also brought up Emerson Hancock who has been pitching pretty well though he has a shoulder injury now, but right. the, they've got these other young guys up there who are pretty promising and the team was you know disappointing for the first chunk of the year and is now, you know, at least for now in a in a Playoff playing, spot. playing really well and yeah. looking like they're having a blast, by the way. Looking looking so fun. The crowds are amped up. Everybody's going crazy up yeah. there. And just very, very far away, there's this <laughs> little there's this little glimmer a glint in the sunlight of the sun reflecting off Shohei Otani's binoculars. And if, and these are huge ifs, there's a thousand ifs here. If they keep up this run, if they squeak into the playoffs, if they win a playoff series, if they get 
to the, you know, at least the ALDS, if not maybe the ALCS. And Shohei Otani ends up actually signing there because oh. he wants to stay on the West Coast and he thinks they have a chance to win and he wants to stay in the American and League. It's, and, and it's Ichiro's team and, and everything it's Ichiro's else. Ichiro's yeah. team and there's a connection to Japan. If, 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 if. It is possible that we will look back on this last week of Julio Rodriguez <laughs> and say, do you understand the value he created for that franchise with one incredible week? And, uh, yes. and again, I don't. Uh, the, there's a thousand things that need to happen between now and then. But I just as I was watching him do that and I was uh, as I was watching like Seattle fans all over the country just lose their minds because suddenly that team is as exciting as they hoped it would be. I just couldn't. I couldn't help but look over my shoulder at where at Shohei Otani and just think like, man, it is there is a there is a dominoes falling, butterfly flapping its wings possibility here <laughs> that that ends with Shohei in Seattle and yep. and it's all essentially because of Julio Rodriguez. Yeah. Julio Rodriguez could lend could lead directly to Shohei is I mean it's beyond belief. It's that meme. It <laughs> you see that you see this meme on the internet where it's that guy setting up a tiny domino that's going to knock over a bigger one that's going to knock over a right. bigger one that's going to knock over the biggest one. And the smallest domino here would be would be Julio Rodriguez. Four days goes, of Julio says, Four days of Julio Rodriguez. And the last one would be Shohei Otani goes into the Hall of Fame as a Mariner. <laughs> It'd be incredible. And look, the Mariners have to feel... Like they're in that ball game. I mean, I, you know, we, we, I'm not going back to the Yankees, but I, why in the heck would Shohei Otani go play for the Yankees? No why? reason. The like only, re the, only the only reason, reason is because you, if you're, you, you're with the history, right? The yeah. history and you want to be in New York, but I don't think that's enough. I don't, that does not seem what Shohei wants. I, I don't think so either. I mean, also, you know. He, I think it, apparently he likes the West Coast to what yeah. little anyone knows anything about him. <laughs> um, apparent, but also like if you're talking about history, if you're 20, what is Shohei? 27, I want to say. Yeah, 26, like 28. 28. If you're if you're Shohei Otani and you're talking about history, what matters more to you? The history of like Mickey Mantle and Joe <laughs> right. DiMaggio, <laughs> right? Or the history of Ichiro? No question. The guy no who question. is the the greatest player from your country ever to play in the league, who played isn't essentially his entire meaningful still, career. Still, still yeah. very much a part of the Seattle scene. Very yeah. much so. Yeah. No, there's no question. There's no. Question. All right. So that's our good thing. Here's there's our your bad good thing. thing. All right. I don't. I don't. I don't want to talk about this, but I think we kind of have to, being a podcast that nominally talks about baseball. Nominally. The bad thing, the bad thing is Wander Franco. Ugh. This is, and this is not, this is not just bad for baseball. This is bad at a very deep and unsettling human level. Yeah. So, uh, Jeff Passan laid out, I think on ESPN, laid out. Here's everything we know about this. And if right. you read the here's everything we know about this, it's bad. You, you get sick to your stomach. It's and, bad. And then it's the so nausea. Bad. The nausea gets worse and worse and worse. So yeah. but there's obviously there's two dimensions to this. One is baseball related, unimportant, and the other is human related, very important. Of and the the we don't need to we don't need to run down the whole thing. You I encourage everyone to go read Jeff's uh, breakdown because it's it's very it's comprehensive and it really lays well, out. Well, I mean very, it, it's you you should read it, but it will It'll it nauseate not, you. Yeah, it'll nauseate you. I mean, it, it, it's not easy reading. It's it's yeah. terrible, terrible, terrible. And so he, today, he I believe today he was officially put on administrative leave by MLB. And the, this is a and there is no end date. And the reason that's important 
as I understand it, is when they did this with Trevor Bauer, right. they were like, well, he's on administrative leave for one week or whatever right. it was. <laughs> right, right. And like the truly incompetent dodo birds that they are, <laughs> they made it so that every Friday... They had they to had announce to, again exactly. that he exactly. was on administrative leave. And it was like, it was like what crisis PR firm would say, the thing that you really want to do is bring this up again as much as, as possible. As many times as you can bring it up. You, you know what? Just, and, and not only that, but bring it up like periodically, like on yeah, a, every Friday. On a, regu- on a yeah, regular, regular schedule. What you want to do is bring up the most awful thing you possibly can every yes. Friday regularly yes. and for and indefinitely for the end of until the end of time. That's so right. the fact that they have put him on administrative leave indefinitely says he's not going to play baseball in the majors for, and, and in the foreseeable future. Certainly, maybe, maybe ever, maybe, maybe ever. ever. So maybe certainly, ever. certainly not for the rest of this year. You would you would guess based on if you it, it, they're obviously not comparable situations. And I think people get in trouble sometimes when they just say, well, this guy got this punishment. So this guy has to get at least this punishment or whatever. These are all the, none of these are apples to apples. They're all individual transgressions and crimes against humanity. However, if Trevor Bauer got 324 games and the, and the allegations against Franco turn out to be true, which they certainly Oof. seem like they're going to be true yeah. at this point. We don't know. The investigation is ongoing, et cetera, et cetera. What what is the proper punishment for the crimes he ha- he would have it's, committed? It's a, it's a lifetime ban. It is. It's a yeah. lifetime ban. Look, look, he might he might be in jail. I mean, he really like. I mean, he's he's got a. He's got an entire government after him at this moment. So I mean, it like he's, he might have he's, two governments after him, <laughs> right, depending on what saying. happened. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's got it's 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 so bad. Here's what I want to I want to talk about, and this is kind of hard. We we don't normally sort of veer into this sort of gray area of talking about it, but but I I do think it's an important part of being a fan. And who better qualified to talk about it than a guy who wrote a book about ethics, you know, which is, <laughs> which is, you know, Wander Franco is a wonderful player. Yeah. And he's not just a great player. He's a wonderful player to watch. You know what I mean? <laughs> and there is a very powerful urge, I think, as a fan, when you're watching delightful players, players who do everything well, the way Franco did, he's just a, Beautiful defensive player. He, he's he's great on the bases. Hit with power. Great, you know. Just, just. I mean, the the sort of guy that on the field is like the face of baseball. That's what you want baseball yeah. to be. Is how Wander yeah. Franco is. And there's a great urge to to connect that with the person. Of course, there is. And in so many ways, it's we're lucky how often it does happen. Yeah, that the person like like. From everything we know, obviously nothing, everything can change. Steph Curry is every bit as delightful off the court as he is on, right? Mm-hmm. Patrick Mahomes is every bit as delightful off the field as he is on the field. We do get that. Like there are there are really, really cool people who are incredible to watch. And then there are others who are, are you know. Kurt Schilling. To, Kurt Schilling, <laughs> right. Amazing to watch who, who you're, you're not going to be fans of. But the thing that strikes me about Wander Franco that makes it so hard, first of all, he's so young. I mean, that's part of it. Yep. But also, like, it seems to me that the guys that you kind of knew, you know, like like Barry Bonds was incredible to watch, but nobody 
nobody said, oh, well, Barry Bonds is a great guy. Like, even even while he was playing, right? Yeah. Kurt Schilling, same way. It wasn't like, you know, people said, oh, there's a great guy. But Juan Franco seemed, I mean, you know what I mean? Like, there's the way he played made it seem like, oh, this guy has got to be delightful. Look at look at, look at at the smile. Look at the way he plays. I mean, there's Yeah, a, he seemed like energy. he was firmly in the Lindor, Mookie Betts right. school right. of, like, joy joy on the field. Like, even Javi Baez, like, joy on yes. the field leads to you project the joy off the field. And That's right. Yeah, I think that part of the problem always, always, always with fandom is that is that these athletes are essentially unknown and unknowable. Right. They're That's blank right. slates onto which we project our hopes and dreams and happinesses. That's why you get, you know, you get often it it leads to things like this. The old adage don't meet your heroes because right. generally speaking, when you love a an artist or an athlete, and you end up learning more about them, you learn that they are in some way, shape, or form all too human and flawed and and screwed up. And in this case, also potentially criminal. Right. And it, it takes a lot of the joy out of it. And I think there is something about that when you go back in time and you look at the way people wrote about, you know, whoever, Joe DiMaggio and, you know, Mel Ott and all, all That's those right. folks. That's right. It was just like, it was... They were heroes, like Joe DiMaggio was a hero uh, who got immortalized in a Simon and Garfunkel song, and part of that was like no one knew anything about the guy. Like That's he right. never, he wasn't, he wasn't on Twitter, and he wasn't, you know, giving <laughs> no, lengthy no. interviews. And he married, he married Marilyn Monroe, and he was just a distant sort of cipher who yes. won championships and and uh, you know displayed feats of athletic genius. And now uh, it's not the same. We now know everything. It's so we, true. We know so much more about these guys. And so the bar for, you know, for, for loving them without reservation is a lot higher because we're aware of how flawed and screwed up and human they often are. And of this, course. this, but, this but, is, but, to me, this is really why I wanted to talk about this, though. Like, again, you're innocent until proven guilty, et cetera, et cetera. If this turns out to be what we think it is, this is one of the worst ones. Absolutely. I think, right, of these Absolutely. Things, you know? One of the worst. And, yeah. And and thoroughly, again, trying to get around this, like everybody admired Joe DiMaggio. Joe DiMaggio was the way, the class and the way he carried himself. But I don't know that anybody thought Joe DiMaggio was like, oh, that guy is probably the nicest guy in the world. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like, like that guy, like, oh, I bet that guy would be so fun to have over to, you know, to just just watch a game with or whatever. I don't think that that, that necessarily came across. And at least for a while, like everything about Wander Franco sort of suggested, like you said, Mookie Betts for, for uh, Lindor, like that kind of, Player, and then we started to see some breaks in that. Right, they benched him for not hustling and some of yeah. the other things, and you started hearing a few things. But even that doesn't prepare you for 
This, you know, this is one it's, of the worst people, yeah. potentially one of the worst people to ever play baseball. I mean, this is this is that yeah. level of, of it's awfulness. A, it's yeah. the classic thing of like on the field, off the field, right? Like on right. the field, you forgive him when he's 22 years old. So he doesn't run hard to first base. He gets right. benched. Right. You, you chalk that up to immaturity and you're like, someday he's going to be the guy who's lecturing other guys about right. how you got to right. run it out. Like you again, you fill in all these blanks because essentially you don't know the guy. Um, it did make me think though, like there's gotta be a list we could make of the athletes that if anything remotely close to what he is accused of turned out to be true, or if even if a player was even accused of that, who were the guys who would devastate you the most? Because Wander Franco, look, make no mistake, healthy and, uh, and not an, uh, a sex creep. uh, That guy's going to the hall of fame. That yeah. was his his future that, was he was direction. going to the Hall of Fame. Yeah. That's the direction he was in. He was going to he was going to play in uh, Tampa for 6 or 7 years and he was going to go to probably the Cardinals and he was going <laughs> to he was going to end his career with with every with, without, you know, again, this is if 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 obviously every hypothetical is, but like that's where he was headed. He was headed he had the talent and the skill and it already displayed enough on the field to indicate that that was his ceiling. So the the and and then obviously not will he ever play again? It's at this point at best a 50-50 proposition at and best. probably more like 20-80. Yeah. Yeah. So the question is like who are the as a fan if you okay. if you concentrate on the fandom Five. part of it, who are the people who would who would ruin you the most? Okay, well and and let's let's not connect it with Wander Franco. Just people yeah. that if they did something that would disappoint you, you'd be like, "Come on, man. I got Yeah. Like, Obviously, it could never happen. But number one is Mookie Betts, and it mm-hmm. could never happen. It would like there's no there's no chance of it. I, I hate to even bring it up, but if somehow Mookie got embroiled and like if Mookie got embroiled in this, and by the way, what it would be because like with Mookie, it, it would be like. He got he got in some sort of pyramid scheme that he that he, in, he, <laughs> he like he invested in like a in a teddy bear factory that right. turned out that turned out to be scamming its employees it's scamming or some employees yeah, yeah yeah so it'd be like that devastated devastated obviously uh, number two uh, obviously Joey Votto man Joey Votto yeah. cannot be involved what would what would Joey Votto's scandal be. Uh, I think I think Joey Votto's scandal would be he'd be on stage at an improv club, <laughs> <laughs> and he would say something inappropriate, like he yeah. would say something inappropriate, and he didn't mean it, and it came out wrong, and he'd have to apologize for it. Maybe. Yeah, it would be of an extraordinarily good, in well-intentioned <laughs> and good-natured crime of minor proportion. Of minor proportions, exactly. <laughs> All right, so he's he's number two. Who else in baseball? Would I mean, well, I'm not I'm not only going baseball. I would also say oh, Steph, oh, Cur- Steph, okay. Steph Curry. Steph yeah, Curry's yeah. got to be on the list. Well, no, would... but Steph, we can definitely pick how it would happen. Steph, it would definitely be some sort of Bitcoin thing, right? Like he yeah. would he would give his name to some some you know some some sort of uh, what FTX kind of company, yeah, thing, right? And I and actually think I think it would be different. I think he would be caught. Um, cheating uh, on on a miniature golf course by throwing the ball directly <laughs> into the clown's nose and winning a free game. That would be the, that would be the and, and we would be devastated if that happened. Obviously, Steph Curry's on there. Pat Mahomes is on there. Pat yeah. Mahomes cannot. It, it, what Pat Mahomes cannot. There can be nothing wrong with Patrick Mahomes. Can there? Yeah. 
No, yeah. I, I mean, well, of course there can, but of course, I, but of it, course. but it would be like it, it is these guys who you're right. It's the combination of the extraordinary athletic ability and the just like God. I love hearing that guy talk. It's yes. just fun, yes. just fun to listen to him, and he does his the. It is. I, I mean, for that reason, I might actually throw Lindor onto this list because yeah, the the this the the joy. The fervor with which he plays. I know that he's not, you know, quite the guy maybe that we thought he would be in, on the field. Like he was, I think I was hoping for a sort of perennial MVP, MVP like, candidate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, Mahomes is on that list though. Mahomes well, I, like, look, I'm going to name drop. I just talked to Patrick Mahomes. I talked to him oh. last week for, for something, which was delightful. He was delightful. This is the kind of guy Patrick Mahomes is. The conversation was just sort of going along. And then it was like, let's talk about our kids, man. Let's just talk about our kids. Oh man, nice. he's got a he's got a seven month old and a two year old, and he's just adores them in every possible way. Speaking of adoring your kids, did you see the video of Bryce Harper talking about? Oh my god, his children! I, it made me cry. <laughs> He started crying and then I started crying. I thought it was amazing. It was amazing. He just started. They just. He was like. I miss my kids right now. I, yeah. I miss my kids right now. I was now. so humanizing because that guy is so like broy. Yeah. You know, he's so yeah. like he's I so think, like frat guy kind of I vibe to losing, him. And, I think he's losing some of the bro, man. Yeah, I think, I think, it's, I think he some is. of that's going away. I would it a, was like it was wild. That? It was truly wild. Like the <laughs> like the the he just very natural question, very natural answer, and then suddenly he's like choked up in the way that like <laughs> Dopes like you and me get choked up when we talk about our kids. It was it was really something. I love seeing that. It was during the uh, the the broadcast uh, the, of the the Little, Little League, League World broadcast. Series. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And, uh, uh, and it's it worth was worth finding if you haven't worth seen finding. It. It's so delightful. Uh, anybody else in, in hoops? Any other basketball people that would really uh, really? Well, break there, you? there are some. There are some. I mean, if anything had come out about Bill Russell, I would have. I would have oh, been crushed. But that was not possible. Um, not possible. If anything had come out about uh, Larry Bird, besides his extremely offensive trash talking, <laughs> <laughs> which is again within the bounds of legality, I would say. Yes. Just what it, no, what an on the, absolute, on the court stuff. An absolute jerk he was to everyone <laughs> he played with and against. Oh, but but I mean, was he more of a jerk than Michael Jordan as far as no. like on the court? I I think I think basketball has a level of jerkdom that the the truly elite guys get into and are allowed to live in, and it's and it's funny, and it, it's and funny. it's also yeah. not only is it funny, but it is respected league wide. Like I I think. Like Jimmy Butler seems like the last guy in the world I would want to spend 10 minutes with. But the guys right. who play with him and against him are like speak about him with reverence because he says what he says and, and does what he does and then backs <laughs> it all up with his play like that. That's a that's a very specific kind of basketball superstar. OK, that, I'm sorry. We, now we are going into a completely different place because uh, enough of this like nice this. Who are the best trash talkers in the NBA right now? Oh, great question. I mean, uh, this is—I mean, look, I'm going to throw out a nominee for, and it's—I don't even know if it's trash talk or if it's just sort of the way just he mouthy, is. just mouthiness. <laughs> Joel Embiid, Joel Embiid. Yeah. It's like it's not even—it's sort of like finger wagging trash talk. It's like kind of—it's—it's 
but it's so effective and so powerful. I that guy's great, man. I love that <laughs> love guy. Him so much. <laughs> <laughs> He's he is uh, Pablo Torre, Meadowlark employee. Pablo Torre, uh, check out his new show coming soon on the Meadowlark uh, network. Uh, www.pablo.show. Pablo is is fond of saying, uh, citing this specific thing about Joel Embiid. Joel Embiid didn't learn to play basketball until he was a teenager. That's right. And he, Pablo is fond of saying, imagine that you come out of the movie Avatar and someone says, hey, let's go play basketball. And you say, what is basketball? <laughs> and then by the time Avatar 2 comes out, you are like an all NBA. You're one of the best, multi- the you're one of the best basketball of the players. <laughs> yeah. Like, and, and when you really lay it out like that, it's like, Again, it, we talked last uh, podcast about um, th- things you're not supposed to be able to do. You're not supposed to be able to, like Mookie Betts, play right field and then come in and play second base and then shift over to shortstop and play right. all three of them at a gold glove level. <laughs> you're not supposed to be able to be the hardest person to get a hit off of as a pitcher and also have the highest OPS in the league as a hitter. That's right. You're just not supposed to be able to do things like that. Joel Embiid needs to be talked about in that way. You're not supposed <laughs> oh. to be able to pick up basketball as like a 13-year-old or whatever he was. And then yeah. be an all NBA center who's going to go to the Hall of Fame someday. Like that is well, that is truly wild. I always I, I think I've said this on the podcast before, but uh, he went to Kansas and Bill Self, you know, was excited. I mean, he was obviously a physical specimen or whatever. And, you know, you kind of know what you got in him, but you kind of don't know what you got in him. He's obviously incredibly raw. One practice, he said, that's the best center I've ever coached and the best yeah. center I've ever seen. I mean, one practice. Of, yeah. a, of a guy who still kind of didn't know how to play basketball, right? And like <laughs> he kind of still was figuring still it out. Kind of would it's it kind of would rather watch like Barcelona Juventus in the Champions League <laughs> well, than play no, a basketball game. I, I just kind of assume like every now and again he'd walk over to the coach and go, "Is that two shots or one shot?" Like he's not fully aware of the rules. <laughs> yeah. What happens when the ball goes out of bounds? Do we get it or do they get do, it? Or do they get it? All right. So who else is a great trash talker in the NBA? Well, isn't uh, Patrick Beverly is either great or terrible at it? I'm not sure which, depending of, on who you talk to. Yeah, um, I don't think he's great at it. You, I mean, there's a, I'm, there's sure, a, I'm sure he, there's a quote that I think is apocryphal, but I want to believe that it's true, which is that at some point, Patrick Beverly said to Steph Curry, uh, you had the last five years, the next five years are mine. And <laughs> Steph Curry's response was, aren't you 31 years old? <laughs> See, I don't. I that think, sounds like it's fake, but I want to believe it's true. Well, here's what I was going to say. He's not a trash talker, as far as I know, but I think Steph is quietly a pretty good trash talker. I think Steph kind of knows how to dig. I think he knows. Like you, you see him when he makes the big shots and the way his big response. I think that Steph just kind of quietly digs at you, and where you're 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 not really like he's not coming at you the way Bird did, where basically Bird is just. You know, he's just Don Ricklesing you to death, you know? <laughs> it's like, I think he's just very quietly kind of going after people. Well, I think more importantly, Steph is a trash actor. Like, if you say, if you, like, get him angry, he'll just hit, like, three consecutive 38-foot <laughs> yes, three-pointers yes, and then just stare at you or, like... Yes, I mean, yes. the most the most devastating move in basketball, which Steph has done, LeBron has done... I think Harden has done it too. I can't remember. Is when you take the three pointer from the corner and you turn around turn and stare the at the ball. opposing oh, bench, I love that. I and love then it that. goes in. And just think about like I sometimes it's fun to play these games. I find 
think about the confidence you have to have <laughs> to do that, right? Because if you in this day and age, if you if you miss that shot, you're Nick Young. You're that meme That's right. where he where he takes the shot, turns around, and in the background the ball rattles and goes out. So like to do that, you you have to be you have to be at the LeBron Steph level to just yes. have not only to take the shot, not only to make the shot, but to turn around and stare at the bench, whether it's your own bench or the opposing bench, while the ball is in the air. It's it's Bird did that. Remember in the three point contest, he raised right. his hand when the raised ball his left hand his hand while the ball was in the air. But that's but the, the that's I the was... three point contest. Who cares? Like you're talking about game action when they do that. Yeah, but that was also the three-point contest that Bird went into the locker room beforehand and said, okay, who's getting second place? Who's playing? Right? Like, who's, who's coming in second? Yeah. <laughs> who's coming in second? I, I think in some ways the LeBron turn is the greatest because LeBron's not that good a shooter. Yeah. Like, like Steph, like, yeah, he knows. I mean, sure. Um, but I wish, I do wish that the NBA had a Josh Donaldson guy who did that all the time and missed like that would be like fantastic nothing, nothing is more fun than josh donaldson routine fly balls that he tosses the bat on it's i mean the like best that, it's, it's the best <laughs> he is the all-time king of of the of the bat flip for the 280 foot fly out uh you know as long as you're talking about this now and by the way we still have one more part of the segment we do so don't, and don't we, think we, we haven't don't think yes. we've forgotten um the best sports photograph of all time has got to be that Dwayne Wade LeBron dunk, right? Where oh, he, where yeah. Wade where Wade has his arm where where Wade threw the ball up behind him, didn't look, and then just like threw his arms out like he was a soaring falcon <laughs> while, while LeBron threw down, jumped twenty feet in the air and dunked the ball. I think that's the best photo I've ever seen of anything. Like uh, what what beats that for sports photographs? There's obviously the catch has the famous. The catch is a great one. Look, the Bobby Orr sideways, right? Like, that's, that's a that's, that's a, a good nominee. That's a great photo. I've always thought the greatest sports photo ever is Muhammad Ali standing over Sonny Liston, right? With the big, with the, the with heat, the, with know, his with arm. The, yeah, yeah. With his arm like that. That's, um, but that is a great, great photo. Um, it, it, again, this is going to be completely off, off course, but I was watching an old Cavaliers game with LeBron in it. And I don't know, it's been, you know, cause LeBron is like LeBron now, you know, we've, we've been watching LeBron for the last two, three, four years. And, you know, he's still amazing. But in a completely different way, man. LeBron back then was like to call him an athletic freak does not even do justice to what LeBron was in yeah. those days. Yeah, it's like he, there's never no, been it, yeah. even now. There's never been anything like him. There's never been a six eight guy that big, that strong, that fast, jump that high. He was. It's it's beyond belief. And you watch those days, and you're like. How's Michael Jordan guarding that? Like, there's like, there's yeah. nobody, nobody's guarding that. Again, absurd. he's, again, he's not. Again, no, we'll say no. for the record, the official <laughs> position of this podcast is that if LeBron, peak LeBron played peak Jordan in one on one and LeBron got the ball first, he would win 10 to nothing and Jordan would never get the ball. <laughs> yes. That's a matter of, that's a matter of historical fact. It's a historical uh, fact. That's all that is. I'm watching this, uh, I'm looking at this photo now again. And uh, so, Wade. Here's what the magic is of this photo to me. Wade's expression is completely placid. It, yes. He is he's not screaming or howling or like doing anything. He's just holding out his hands like it's basically are you not entertained is what he's saying, right? Yeah. He's just like yeah. he's just like what else do I have to do? I just we're we're the best. There's no one's going to beat us. <laughs> we're it's like and the other great thing about it which I had forgotten is that so LeBron is is uh 
he's 48 inches in the air. That's right. And he's he's, a, he's about to tomahawk dunk That's with right. his right hand. The ball is is trapped between his hand and his and his like forearm basically. And he's staring at the rim and he appears because of the angle of the photo to be about 3 feet above the rim, I would say. That's right. That's but right. But the other great thing about it and I always forget this when I don't look at this photo is the only other players in the frame are Bucks. Are, are Bucks, and That's all right. <laughs> and all five of them are in the frame. All five are in the frame, and all five are looking up, like, oh man, they're like, ki- they're kind of looking up, like, oh, I don't want to miss this. This is, this is this is a great seat. Like, I've got a great seat for this incredible is- dunk. Yeah, I mean, it's really funny because through the legs, you can see two of them. Wait, by the way, what are they doing way back yeah. there? Like, like just, just, just watching. They're, they're spectators. They're, just, it's, they're yeah. just watching. And it's it's so funny. And yeah, the what makes the photo is the arms extended by Wade and the look on his face like, is this enough for you people? Yeah. I mean, like, like, can I, are you happy like, can, now? Are you happy now? <laughs> like, you paid your money. This is what you get. Are you okay with this? Is this okay? And But it's also that his right hand is happens because of the angle again to be basically on lebron's shoulder, shoulder. Slash head. so it's it's like he's it's like he's ed sullivan he's saying like ladies and gentlemen, ladies LeBron and James. gentlemen. <laughs> before we do the plate twirlers here's the dunk from lebron <laughs> by the way and i think about this all the time with with great photographs um when that photographer took that photo from the milwaukee journal sentinel so he, he, it's not even a heat photographer. I believe it's a Milwaukee photographer that took that photo. Mm-hmm. When he took that photo, do you think he knew like he had just taken one of the greatest photos in the history of, or do you think later when he was looking through it, he was like, oh, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait. Oh, I forgot. I got oh, that It's a one. good question. I don't know. I mean, I, re- I know that like I- I've, I've read some interviews with some photographers who um who, who snapped iconic photos i think one right. of them was the one of them was the um the uh rodney harrison uh defending uh david tyree in the super bowl yes. and yes. he said like he had i i think this is the one it, if it wasn't that it was some other super bowl moment it might have been even malcolm butler's catch but it uh or interception i he had said like I you know I knew that the this was going to happen this way and so I rearranged myself and I, I scuttled in a commercial break I scuttled down to the other end and I did like they sort of like get themselves up and then they snap 3000 pictures 3000 that's what I'm saying that's what yeah. I mean is they and just so, snap a bunch now it used to be different because of course they used to have to develop them first so before right. you could you know see them like I've always thought about that Ali photo which is so incredible was if you were a photographer on the other side of the ring you couldn't get the photo. Your photo yeah. stinks, right? Like, like, yeah. like they're like sorry. So many you know, things just, have to line up. In oh, order so for many that, things have yeah. to line up to get the great photo. I did read a great interview with the guy who took the photo of Y.A. Tittle bleeding when he was sort of like on his knees after a game and he was bleeding and it, it, it's and it's this this iconic. I think the Pittsburgh guy took that photo and he did say, uh, "Oh, I knew it." right away like i oh, knew really? right away that i had a an incredible photograph um but i think back then they were like just be in focus be in focus right like i mean there's no there's nothing else you can do and now it's so much different still the construction of the Dwayne Wade photo is so good i mean it, you couldn't pose a photo that good no no it's a piece of renaissance art that was, that happened in real time yeah um, it's, a, it's I, absolutely I, incredible. I, one more one more nominee for best sports photo is the one of 
uh, Len Dawson smoking during oh, halftime the of best. the Super Bowl. The best. The best. Well, all of the all of the Dick Allen photos of him smoking and yeah. juggling balls, like that cover of Sports Illustrated where he's like juggling balls with a with a dart in his mouth, and you know he's just like he's just uh, awesome. Awesome. Isn't but he drinking, of- he's like drinking a beer to, or it's like a fresca <laughs> or something is at his feet, right? It's like, it's just, this is the different. There's, you know, what's a funny photo uh, also from Super Bowl one is the halftime show. Have you ever seen that photo of like, oh, yeah. It's it like the USC marching band was just like out on the field because they didn't know what to do. So they, and like the stands are like half full. It's, it's like a so, very, it's so great that the Super Bowl one, which wasn't even officially a Super Bowl yet, is so great on so many levels, including the fact that like, yeah, they had no pregame show other than like a guy in one of those flying suits. Like that's the only thing that you ever see is like that guy, yeah, like with the little with the little jetpack on his back and he's yeah. flying around. It's sort of like, how did that happen? Like they were like, hey, championship game, get the flying guy, get the get the yeah. jetpack guy over here. It was the University of Arizona Symphonic Marching Band. That was the <laughs> that was the first Super Bowl <laughs> entertainment at the halftime. All right, let's get back to the segment. And wrap this up. So here's here's the third. So we did the we did the good. Yes. The good is uh, Julio. We did the bad. It's Wanda Franco. Yes. Here's the wild card. Uh, this occurred to me the other day. I was talking to my friend Patrick, uh, who uh, is a big Mets fan. That's not relevant to this, but he is a big Mets fan, and I poor guy. So- I feel sorry for him. I do too. So he said, "Hey, if if uh, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. makes the Hall of Fame, will he and?" and Vladi Sr. be the first father-son duo who make the Hall of Fame. And I said, I think they would because yes. I, I do, right. And so I looked it up. So Lee McPhail and Larry McPhail right. are in, as, but they're not, not players, players, right? Right, right, right. So, so Vladi Jr. Uh, w- would, if he got in, he's he's like in the pole position currently, right? Because Dante Bichette ain't getting in and no. Kevin, Kevin Biggio ain't getting in. And, no. Um, so... So Vladdy Jr. is like, is this guy's our best shot? And he's having he's he's on a precipitous decline, which is a little bit scary for a guy who's 23 years old. <laughs> yes. Uh, <laughs> but but you know, look, again, ceiling very high, obviously. Like uh, right? if he right? if he could have won the MVP around. two years ago, if not for yeah. Shohei. I mean, great. And 48, 48 homers, most homers ever by a guy 22 or younger. So right. so my question for you only is if not Vladdy Jr., do we know of other sons? whose dads are in the Hall of Fame, like, you know, who who have a shot? Or is, is Vladdy Jr. the only shot for 20 years? Like, who who else well, is out there? Okay, well, here's here's what I would immediately throw out. And again, you're dealing with a bunch of what-ifs. But if Andrew Jones gets elected to the Hall of Fame, right? right? Because Andrew Jones made a huge, huge step forward this year and is kind of tracking like he might get in might sneak in yeah right and then his kid is a top whatever 20 prospect 10 prospect i mean you know um that's obviously a long way down the road i don't think cody clemens and roger clemens are going to get into the hall of fame i don't think think clay bellinger is ever going to get in (laughs) (laughs) which which is a darn shame by the way that that uh that he's not um yeah i think it's i mean aren't there a few like it feels like there are. Isn't Chipper Jones's kid a, a, a really good player? I would like imagine. I, yeah. I, like I, I mean, feel the, like- the interesting thing when you really break this down through history is like, and this isn't this isn't interesting really or surprising, but there's a lot of there's a lot of I, I think 
sons who are way better than their dads. There's a lot of dads who are way better than their sons, but there aren't a lot of dads and sons who were roughly the same level, right? right. Like the right. the boons maybe were like sort of roughly in the same kind tier. Of the boons. Kind of. Look, I mean, the one that is closest in our lifetime, and neither of them is in the Hall of Fame, is Barry and Bobby Bonds, right? right. Like, I mean, right. like Barry obviously would be in the Hall of Fame if not for whatever. And Bobby was, you know, not quite Hall of Fame, but pretty close. I mean, really, really close. He was like, it wouldn't. It's he was in. He was a better player than Ken Senior. He was a better player than Ken Griffey Senior. Well, that was the Um, that's the only other one that comes close, right? Is that Ken? I I think Felipe Alou and Moises Alou were pretty similar. That was that was brought up, yeah. Yeah, yeah. They were pretty similar. And the the there's the Bells and the Boons, who I think were in the roughly in the same tier, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, Buddy is the best of the bells i mean he's he has like a actual viable uh hall of fame argument if you want to talk about war and everything else uh but his dad wasn't and his, yeah. his son wasn't um jose cruz and jose cruz jr were both yeah. really good players but not not at that level and then the but alamars, the most, mo- what about usually, the alamars the alamars are, are in the are in the ballpark right um there's also the sort of like uh, there's the, but mo- mostly you're talking about like Tony Gwynn and Tony Gwynn Jr. You're talking about guys who are like, that's right, no doubt Hall of Famers, and then their kids are like very, like barely major leaguers, basically, right? Right, and or, like, or, or, I mean, like, what about Bobby Witt and Bobby Witt Jr., where it looks right. like Jr. is going to be, you know, now he, he looks like he's going to be fantastic. You actually, made the point that ever since we kind of were like, Hey, you got to start asking some questions about Bobby Wood jr. He's hit like 800 since then. He's he's like, he's on a junior Julio Rodriguez (laughs) run right now where he's just pounding everything. And he's, he's, I think was he the first guy ever to have to be twenty twenty in his first two seasons? I think he is. Or twenty five twenty five. Is it twenty five twenty five? Maybe yeah. Twenty twenty. I thought it was twenty five twenty five. Yeah. So uh, we got it. I, I guess the the law. This is the uh, for the wild card portion of this. No, new segment. No, twenty twenty. You're right. For this wild card section of this new segment that is yes. definitely going to last for a really long time. Oh, this do, is we're, we're doing, doing this, this every week, every yeah. week forever. Yeah. Um, I I believe our best chance right now, currently by far, is that Vladdy Junior makes the hall of fame and and then we have a fir- the first ever father son induction right i think that would be plus they're both delightful i mean vladdy yeah. senior my gosh you know couldn't be more exciting so um yeah i i would i would concede that i i we need to get vladdy jr back on track yeah and here's the here's the problem with vladdy jr getting back on track that that body does not seem to be getting better. That's 20, my fear. At age twenty three, right? That I mean, is that indeed really? my fear. Yes, my fear <laughs> yeah. is that we. My fear is that we're headed for a, a Prince Fielder type Prince situation. Prince Fielder esque. Yeah. Yes. Was Prince yeah. Fielder and Cecil Fielder pretty similar players? You would have to say so. Oh, Prince remarkably, there's, a, better, where there's yeah. that famous stat where they ended up with right. the same number of home runs. Same number this of home runs. This, this was a Sarah Lang special that uh, we talked about when she was on the show. She has same number of home runs, same number of home runs in like the first inning, fourth inning, fifth inning, seventh right. inning, and ninth <laughs> inning. Same number of two strike homers, same number of one strike, whatever. It's it's Amazing. it's incredible how similar they were. And yeah. they were both like, you know, a, a full tier of player below Hall of Fame, but both, you know, uh, you know, in, in their time, excellent power hitters. Okay. I have a, I have another segment that I want us to do before one last meaningless thing. I just came up with this segment. Great. And I call it 30 for 30. No, I don't actually call it that. <laughs> <laughs> I call it 30 teams, and this is what we do. 
We go through all 30 teams in baseball. All right. One sentence summing up where, what we think about that team right now. And and what we're <laughs> going to do... As it relates to this season specifically? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally as it relates to this season. Like, hey, World Series contender could be your sentence or it could be uh, don't like the direction they're going. Whatever it is. But it's just one thing about that team. Okay. Right. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to read off the American League teams to you, and you're going to give me the sentence, and you right. read off the National League teams to me, and I'll come up with a, something to say about them. All right? Great. Okay. Here, here we go. And I'm going to start on the American League East so you can follow along. Great. The Baltimore Orioles. Uh, best story in baseball. I think that's right. I think that's right. Tampa Bay Rays. Uh, uh, Free fall, dude. Free fall. Yeah, I, I, I want my the thing I want to say about them is like, come on, <laughs> like, like, come on, come on, raise plus one hundred and sixty one. Come on, <laughs> they should the be Toronto, better. The Toronto Blue Jays, wake up! <laughs> come on, it's a similar thing to the Rays. Wake up, guys! Wake up! That team should be if that if that team doesn't make the playoffs and make a run in the playoffs, they're officially a multi year disappointment. Okay, Boston Red Sox. You know what? All in all, not a bad year, guys. You're happy, right? You're yeah. happy with this team. Yep. Yeah. I mean, I, I said what? I predicted like 79 and 83 or something, and they're yep. currently yep. seven games over 500. Like, uh, uh, yes, much more fun to watch than I thought they would be. Yeah. All right. We've already done the Yankees. I'm skipping them. Minnesota Twins. I guess. <laughs> That's my statement about the Twins. Yeah, all right, yeah, I guess. I, I guess. Somebody's I mean, got to win that division. The, you know? That division is amazing, man. It's just every year, just amazing. Get it together, AL Central. <laughs> Cleveland. That's a, it's a bummer over there. Bummer. Yeah, it's not good. Should not should good. be – I don't even – I was going to say they should be better. I don't even know if they should be better, but they sh- they're just – it's just blah. Blah. Can't score runs. Just can't yeah. score runs. Detroit Tigers. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say for the first time in a decade, or not really, but sort of, the future is a bright over there. I, Futures, you see a future. You see I the see future. a future. Yeah, I do. I see a future where that team is is playing meaningful games at this point in the season next year or the year after. Oh, and I, I haven't know, been, I and I haven't been able to say that about the Tigers in a long ass time. No, Chicago White Sox. Uh, the collapse is complete. It's, <laughs> it's, it's, has it's, been, they've been collapsing like a dying star, <laughs> like a like a, a, a star going supernova and collapsing into a neutron star. They've been ha- it's been happening for three years. It's finally complete. Yeah. I hope they just start. I, I assume they're just going to start over, and I yeah. I think they should. I, I yeah. think they should have sold off every good player they had on that team at the break. Yeah, it, they, they, there's nothing there to. There's nothing there. Of. No, Kansas City Royals. Saddens me that they are back here again. Yeah, you know, but you know what? They got some young players. They do have some young players. Wit is legitimately fun to watch. Yeah, hit. um, and yeah, and their farm system is supposed to be kind of good, right? Am I making right. that building up? right? Building? Okay. No, no, building definitely. Okay. Texas Rangers, second best story in baseball. Yeah, for real? Are you saying it for real? Oh, they're for real. Yeah, although they've lost five in a row and the Astros are breathing down their necks. Yeah. And I think it's entirely possible they end up a wild card team. I think we always knew that was possible, but sure. 
They've scored 705 runs. They have scored more <laughs> runs than everybody but the Braves. Like that, yeah. they're a real, they're a real offense. And uh, I, I'll tell you who I'm happiest for. And I know this is longer than one sentence. No, that's Corey, right. Se- Corey Seager. Because oh, Corey, so Corey, Corey Seager looked like he might be one of those like big free agent signings, and then the guy kind of disappears, and it's right. like a drag on the team forever. They took a huge risk on signing him, and he is. I mean, he's been like the he's been the best hitter in baseball when he's healthy. He's yeah. I think he's. I looked this up yesterday. I think he's like seventh in the league in WAR, and he's only played eighty games. I mean, it's, it's really it's, wild. I mean, he is going to get MVP votes, and he's going to play a hundred games or something. Yeah, he's I mean, crazy. Seattle Mariners. Well, you didn't do the Astros. Oh, sorry, Houston Astros. Uh, yay! The Astros are good. <laughs> <laughs> I'll Seattle tell you, I, I, the, while watching the Red Sox play them yesterday, I was like, "Who's who is beating this team? Like their lineup, <laughs> it's like Altuve and Bregman and Kyle Tucker, and then Jordan Alvarez comes up with the bases loaded, and you're like, how is anyone, what is? what are you supposed to do? What are you supposed to do? How do you get through the top of that lineup ever? Oh, it yeah. doesn't make any sense. And then they're just like, they'll just, they'll just get somebody, and you're like, wait. Chaz McCormick, who is Chaz McCormick, and why is he good? And you know, and he it's hits a like, three-run homer and seal the game. Yeah. I mean, yeah. There. Also, let me say one more thing about them. That ballpark stinks, man. Oh, that, I, I really hate that ballpark. I, I, I wanted to like it, and it was, it's way better than the Astrodome. And they tried to make it quirky, but it, it, it really feels like a cheap home run when you hit a home run to left field. Only when you hit it to left field, and it's impossible to hit a home run anywhere else in that entire yeah. ballpark, unless you're uh, Jordan Alvarez, who can hit a home run anywhere. Um, better or worse without the hill, without Tal's hill? I think, I think worse. The hill was at least interesting and it led to some funny moments. Like I, without the hill, it's like, nah, deep center field. Who cares? Yeah. All right. Seattle Mariners. Uh, Maybe, maybe third best story in baseball at this exact moment. I am rooting for them so hard. I really yeah. want them. Here's the wild thing. Run differential plus 84. Astros yep. plus 85. They're the same teams. Those yeah. two teams right now are the same teams. The Astros are a little better at hitting and a little worse at pitching. But uh, the Mariners are have the third best run differential in the whole darn league. It's, so it's, it's super fun. Super yeah. fun. Los Angeles Angels. Say goodbye to Shohei Otani. That's what you said. <laughs> <laughs> That's my comment about the Angels. Yeah, I I applaud them for trying. I applaud them for going for it. I uh, and I and then it all fell apart. And I I just don't think there's anything that can save that franchise. The saddest thing to me is that not that Otani's going to leave. It's that Trout will never leave, and we'll never see Mike Trout oh, in the playoffs. Poor guy, man. Just can we just like if if you were like commissioner, could you just be like, okay, look, I know this is going to stink for you fans in in Anaheim or whatever. Uh, but Mike Trout is now a Philadelphia Philly. I've just announced it. He's a Philadelphia Philly. It's where he grew up. That's where he yep. belongs. Yeah, moving on. They should just uh, they should start the expansion franchise in Nashville and just move the Angels there. And yeah. just have them play in Nashville. <laughs> um, do I even want to mention the Oakland Athletics? I guess if you just uh, yeah, you know they're there. Na- yeah. national embarrassment. Um, th- ne- negative three hundred and one runs have a chance to be with a good final season, final month. Could get to like negative three sixty five or three seventy if they really oh, yeah. pull out all the stops. Uh, if, and if not for the Royals, man, they would just keep on. They, I mean, they they still have a shot at one twenty losses. Yeah. I don't, yeah. I don't think they'll get there, but they've got a shot, legit shot. Also, they took two out of three from the Red Sox earlier this year. Crazy, crazy. <laughs> 
All right, okay. National League, you ready? Yes. Atlanta Braves. Uh, the best lineup I've ever seen. Eh, nobody's yep. beating them. Nobody's beating them. Agree. Philadelphia Phillies. Playing better, playing good baseball. It's, it's kind of fun. It's always fun when, the, you know, Philadelphia is, is rocking. Secretly one of the most fun teams in the league. Absolutely. Every, uh, Absolutely. I, I like I, so many fun guys on that team. Very fun to watch. Um, yeah. Miami Marlins. I guess they're still, <laughs> I guess. You know <laughs> what I will say about them? I'll say what I'll say really quick about them is for like whatever, three months, we're all like, man, what's going on with San- Sandy Alcantara? He's terrible now. He's, he's like, how did that happen? And for the last two, two and a half months, he's been one of the best pitchers in baseball again. He's mm-hmm. fine. He's fine. Yeah, we fell victim to the same thing that we fell victim to with J-Rod, where it was like, oh, yes. this is like, oh, we like, on. Sometimes we just, even though we think about baseball all the time, we sometimes forget how baseball works. <laughs> we forget how, the, how long the season is. Uh, New York Mets. Oh. The New York Metropolitans. What do you got <laughs> Metro- to say about the Metropolitans? Uh... Uh, I, I don't. Uh, here's here's what I honestly say. I don't know what they do now. I yeah. don't know. I mean, I just assume they cash in and and give up the next two years and hope to and hope to build. And then, and it's just going to be sad Francisco Lindor and sad Pete Alonso. And I mean, I. I, I mean, Alon- I is Alonso staying? I mean, I don't I know. Don't... I mean, why would you? Why would anybody stay right now? I mean, that that. You know, look, we gave, we gave, we're like that, that guy, Steve Cohen went for it. He's like, I'm an all-time Met fan. I'll spend as much as I have to spend. And then that team stunk. And he was like, I'm out. <laughs> I'm totally, I wonder if I'm he'll totally offer, out. I wonder if he'll offer Otani a billion dollars. <laughs> I don't think so. Because well, first of all, why would Otani go to that team? But secondly, yeah. like does Otani change the dynamic on that team? Absolutely not. No. no. Uh, Washington Nationals. Okay, so I've, I've got to apologize. I guess last week we called the Washington Nationals nothing. Um, they're not nothing. They've actually no. played better than, than than expected. They've actually been playing pretty decent baseball. I don't know how. I mean, like I look at that team and I don't know how they're playing pretty decent baseball. But they've they, got but some. They, they've got some tough outs. They've got some tough. They've got outs some in tough outs, but they don't score runs, and they don't. And their pitch staff is is kind of dreadful. Um, but you know what? They've won like eleven of their last fifteen series or something like that. I mean, they're they are overachieving and and now they're basically uh, doubling down on this team. Like they gave extensions to everybody essentially. So we'll see. It might work. You, you know who I like on that team is that uh, C.J. Abrams, that shortstop. I like oh, him sure. a lot. Sure, I like, he he's uh, he's the new Ahmed Rosario who now is playing for the Dodgers. But there's always one like shortstop on a team no one cares about that I'm like, I like that guy. I got my yeah. eye on that guy. Yeah. Uh I he he he's a he's a fun player to watch. All right, I Brewers. Like um I'm not sure they're winning the division. I'm really not sure they're winning the division. Me neither, man. I mean, they've you been know? hot recently. They won they Yeah, they've been playing really good 10. baseball. Yeah, they've been playing really good baseball and but they, they still have, I mean, their pitchers now suddenly are like, "Oh yeah, we forgot we're we have the best starting staff. We are Corbin. We are Corbin Burns. <laughs> we are Corbin Burns. <laughs> um, you know, and uh, and Freddie Peralta and uh, Wade Miley. I mean, they're. I, but I, I'm about to get excited about uh, the next two teams. So I Chicago don't, Cubs. Let's go right to the Cubbies. I am so fired up about this Cubby team right now. I I just they look. I mean, really good. There's just a, a yeah. completely different energy about them and. 
so much of it is Cody Ballinger. I, I, I mean, this is like truly a wild. This is this one is of like the wildest miracle. stories in baseball right now. <laughs> it yeah. is. It is. He's I, so good. He's he's Dude. back to what he was. He did went. He went all the way back. He's now an MVP candidate again. <laughs> that guy it, was. MVP of baseball with one of the greats. Well, first of all, he was phenom, rookie phenom. We had home run every day. And then he was MVP of baseball, like five tools, everything does everything well. And then he was like unplayable. Does he have to go to Japan to play to like find himself? I mean, it's just, he's gone. And now he's like, no, I'm great again. I'm totally great. It's, it's such a fun story. There's other fun stories, by the way, but they have three four-win players on this team right now. Oh, they yeah. Bellinger, that outfield is legitimately really good all of yeah. a sudden. You know? But Dansby Swanson, who's not having an incredible year at the plate, is a four-win player because he's very good defensively. he's so good but, defensively, yeah. Um, but uh, Mike Talkman, the Yankees would kill to have Mike Talkman back. <laughs> they would absolutely kill to have a two-win player in center field. He would hit cleanup. He would hit cleanup team. <laughs> um, I'll tell you my favorite story, though, of this team is that Seiya Suzuki was sort of unplayably terrible and yes. was benched. It was benched, benched? And, beca- and became a role player for them. And ever since then, he's on fire. Yeah. He no, can- now suddenly he's good. I'm telling you, suddenly that half Bellinger Suzuki outfield with Morrell as a DH suddenly looks like kind of really good. They're all pretty young. I mean, I don't know. I If I was a Cubs fan right now, and I did not think this was going to be the year I would say this, I'm kind of fired up. I'm kind of yeah. fired up about this team. Suzuki had a 660 OPS in July. He yeah. had a 475 OPS. Oh, truly unplayable. Truly unplayable. And yeah. he has a 1,074 OPS in August. <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, all right, Reds. Well, I feel it fading. I mean, the story has still been super fun. Um, they're a year away, right? At least they're a, they're a year, year away. away. And Ellie is like still like, like basically when, whenever the league made a, uh, their adjustment to Ellie, Ellie was sort of like, Oh, I, I didn't know you were allowed I to didn't, do that. I didn't <laughs> know you could pitch me differently. <laughs> I, I, can you guys start pitching me again the way you were before? Lots of fastballs. I like fastballs. Yeah, just you know? for, keep throwing me fastballs right down the middle. Why? What's the problem? Uh, so that's been a little, a little uh, bit of a still has look, still has twenty stolen bases in in like sixty. Oh, games, and and they're is, still yeah. they're still a fun team to watch, and and I mean, look, they're not out of it in this in this division, but it just feels like, yeah, maybe a year away kind of thing. Yeah, I think they're a year away. Um, still, still great that they're even in the mix. Pirates, sad pirates. Just yeah, I mean, just sad. I just, I mean, they're there's just not. A lot to Nothing say. to hold on to there. Yeah. No, that's I think that's the big problem. It's like, I mean, they do have some young guys, but they're not young guys that, that make you really, really excited and, and their pitching staff is just blech. I mean, it's it's yeah, not a lot going on there. Didn't they just uh promote uh skeins? They did. To, they, to, like, they, they, I mean look, up. they've got prospects, they've got guys coming in and you would hope at some point uh O'Neill Cruz will be back and and uh um, yeah. I mean, maybe there's a future down the road, but it, this this has been kind of a downer year. Cardinals, just the worst, the the, the worst collapse in baseball. I mean, even even the Yankees uh, level yeah. collapse. And I don't know. There's another team. I don't know what they do. Do they just flat out yeah, start man. over? Do they just go? That's eh, one of those years that just everything bad happened, and we'll pick it right up next year where we left off. I don't know. But here's the thing about the Cardinals that has shocked me. Um, it's not gotten any better. 
You know what I mean? Like, no. I kind of thought, like, they'd be staying, eh, they'd be bad, bad, bad. But then they would have, like, a month period where they played really good baseball and kind of came closer to 500. And, you know, you'd be like, oh, okay, well, there's something to build on. No, this team is just consistently terrible all year long. Jordan Walker, uh, according to ESPN, has played in 83 games. He's slashing 260, 326, 422. It's a right. 748 OPS. At a 21-year-old. They and is at twenty one years old. They have him as a negative point nine WAR. Yo, his is defense he the, is, a, is he the worst defensive outfielder in the league? <laughs> well, that's why they sent him down, right? Like they were like, he's not really even an outfielder. I mean, like there's, he's still trying to learn how to play the position, and it's uh, it ain't pretty. It well, who pretty. DHs for them? Why isn't he just DHing? Oh, they've got they've got like nine DHs. I mean, like, <laughs> they, they, which is so weird. They're the Cardinals, right? Like that's all they're supposed to have are great defensive players everywhere you turn. But they've got a bunch of like, you know, and Tyler O'Neill, what a disappointment he's been, you know, yeah. I mean, like it's, I don't know everything about that team. But I, I do believe, even though I don't normally believe like this, I do believe there is an argument to be made that you're just like, you know what? Let's pretend this year didn't even happen. I yeah. mean, this is the, we've got good players here. You see what Wilson Contreras has been doing lately. He's been in like yeah. 400, like the last two months. Um, you just go, you know what? We're writing off the year. Just nothing went right. We start over fresh. We make a few improvements, but basically we still believe in this team. I mean, they did trade Jordan Montgomery, who's now pitching like a Cy Young Award winner. For of course the, he is. Of for the Rangers. Is. And I didn't really, well, I mean, I guess they just weren't going to bring him back. In, in retrospect, was bringing back Adam Wainwright just a terrible decision? Yeah, it was kind of. Poor. Yeah. I mean, you know, but here's the thing. Isn't that always true? Like anytime you let your heart make a decision. like Unless that's... it's unless it's, you're the Lakers and you're bringing back Kobe <laughs> and you know you're going to stink and you're just doing it to like right, make right, money on right. jersey sales. But like it, you can't do that with Wainwright. Like, you know. No. Anyway. No. It's, it's um, all right. NL West and then we're done. Dodgers. Well, see, here's the thing. I just said the Braves can't be beat, but the Dodgers are never going to lose again, ever. That team is never, ever going to lose again. And how good is Mookie? Seriously. How I, good is Mookie? I, I don't know if I've ever mentioned this before, but I yeah. really love that guy. You do? I'm, you like Mookie yeah, Betts? I'm a big fan. And I, I the, the game the other night where he hit two homers when LeBron was in the stands and then saluted LeBron <laughs> and LeBron saluted him, I, I, I don't even like the Lakers. I, don't, I love LeBron because he's the best. And, you know, I like the Dodgers a lot, but like somehow that moment, like I like felt my, it kind of did. (laughs) It kind of made me want to like float outside my body and just embrace the magic of the universe that that could happen. It's he's the best. He's He's just the best. best. And he's having an incredible year. Now this is close. He's been playing for the last two months, two and a half months. At the same level that he played MVP year 2018, yeah. which we all yeah. said, like, look, as great as Mookie is, that year is kind of unrepeatable. Like, nobody's going to have a year like that quite again, yeah. like that again. And But that's exactly how he's been playing in the last two and a half months. He has he has a very good shot at 300, 400, 500, and sure. it, and he and he has a shot at 300, 400, 600. Oh yeah, and, and which I which and I really love never do for uh, yeah whatever position they want to give him and and uh, you know I mean he's. And he's not going to win the MVP, or he might. I don't even know. Like I don't even know. I mean, 
at this point, I think you've got to vote for him. If you're voting for a Dodger, you got to vote for him over Freddie, even though Freddie's, Freddie's ridiculous. Just because he plays a better, he plays like three different positions. He plays so many dirty, he's so you know? valuable defensively. Yeah. And, but and, Freddie is so good too. And it's insane. Freddie's like- <laughs> Again, it's a crime of the century that three out of the four guys. Mookie, Freddie, Matt Olson, and Acuna are not going to win the MVP. It's going <laughs> to be a true. huge. It's going to be it's, a. It's a triple upset no matter who wins. It's true. Um, here's the most annoying team in the league: the San Francisco Giants. I guess I guess they're good and they're also bad. That's all. They're, that's the only thing I know about the Giants. They are definitely very good and they are also definitely very bad. I don't know how they're over 500. I don't understand anything about that team. They don't even have any more Brandons left at this point. Yeah. And yet they used somehow, to have so many Brandons. They used to, <laughs> they used to have, they used to have the, by far the league's best set of Brandons. Yeah. But you know, their pitching has been amazing. I mean, Logan Webb has been incredible. And so is Alex Cobb and, and you know, they can't score runs, but they, they somehow find ways to do it. I, there's, the, the, there's, here's the there, thing. Is about- there a single guy in that lineup right now? Cause Hanager is hurt. Is there a single guy in that lineup you would want to start if you were trying to win a pennant? Uh, I mean, maybe the catcher, maybe Patrick Bailey. I mean, like he's he's a maybe you know he's promising. Maybe. But no, I mean, really, no, no. Like they're, they're, you're not they're, you're not starting Lamont Wade at first, and he's probably their best hitter. The worst um, thing about this is the worst thing about it, honestly, is that the next they're they're currently in the last wild card spot. The next five four teams who are behind them would all be so much more fun to have in the playoffs. And I <laughs> say this apologizing to Colin Hanks, our friend Colin Hanks, and also every Giants fan. But the next four teams following them, the Diamondbacks are half game back, the Reds are a game back, the Marlins are a game and a half back, and the Padres are five and a half back. Any one of those teams making the playoffs is way more fun oh, absolutely. than, than absolutely. having the Giants in the playoffs as a as the Look, second wild The card. best team by far on the San Francisco Giants everyday player is Wilmer Flores. That's all I mean and that team is still in the in a in a playoff spot. It's crazy. Yep. Uh all right. We only have three teams left. The Diamondbacks. Kind of on the Cincinnati Reds fade in August. Yeah, trajectory. they're fading, but you know what? They're kind of like I did not even expect them to kind of still be in it. The one disappointing thing for them has been Corbin Carroll. The last two months is like literally stayed in place. Like like he's right now he's hitting two seventy three, slugging five hundred with twenty one homers and thirty seven steals. I think that's exactly what he was like on July fourth. Also, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you know, he's been a, he's been a replacement level player for just, the last month and a half. Yeah, just been totally frozen, uh, which is a shame. Christian Walker's good. They've got they've got some good players, um, but they would be, I think, would be a little bit more exciting than the Giants if they if they would happen to get into the playoffs. So he, it's actually not that bad. He's so he had an 800 OPS in July, and he's he has a 614 OPS in August. Yeah, he struggled as much. Again, it's yeah. not that he's been bad. He's just sort of like well, he might be hitting that r- rookie wall they always talk yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, right? he like, just sort of stayed yeah. in place. Yeah. All right. Lastly, uh, we've two more teams: the Padres, right? Which we talked about biggest, many, biggest many disappointment, times. biggest disappointment, disappointment but also most baffling. Disappointment, yeah. maybe I've ever seen. I've never been more baffled by a team than I am by this team. How this team is is uh, can't score runs with that lineup, and how this team is under five hundred with the best ERA in baseball is, or in the America in the National League is. I don't get it. Baffling, completely baffling. They have the same, essentially the same run differential as the Blue Jays. Yeah, uh, they have a way better run differential than the well. Red they just Sox. they just do not hit with 
runners on base. They just, it's I mean, wild. Which is, it's so yeah. wild. I mean, you pointed, you get, you said that to me the other day. Aren't they like the worst high leverage team in baseball history? My friend Justin, uh, who's a huge Padres fan, sent me this. Yes, by batting average. Yeah, uh, and a couple other measures. They are currently the all-time worst hitting <laughs> lineup with runners in scoring position in the history of Major League the Baseball. History of Major League Baseball. Yeah, that's not great. That's nope. not ideal. And then finally, the most important team, the team that we've all been waiting to talk about, <laughs> Colorado Rockies. I the thing about the Rockies that all I can say is they play in Coors Field. They are 11th in the league and run scored, you know, that, that tells you everything. I mean, they're, they're, they are to me in many ways, look, Oakland is its own category, Kansas city. Like there's something to point to the most depressing team to me in baseball right now is the Colorado Rockies. It's the most depressing organization. I would yeah, say. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's like, cause you can't even count the A's. The A's are like, have one foot at the door, but right. The Rockies, uh, the Rockies have a very pretty ballpark. They've got a very good fan base. They play. They, they. It's a beautiful place. It's yeah, a it's a beautiful, beautiful place. place. They have. Uh, they're. They've given Jerks and Profar four hundred at bats this year. He has negative one point five WAR. Oh, he, yeah. Well, first of all, they. You could stop by. They've given Jerks and Profar four hundred and sixty-two uh, plate appearances. <laughs> but also, look, this team signed for a long period of time, Chris Bryant, when. Every other team in baseball knew not to sign Chris Bryant for a long-term contract. And that has worked out exactly as you thought it would work out. Well, and again, you know, we every time we talk about this, we have to mention they first let Arenado go and then <laughs> That's right. sign Chris Bryant to play That's the same right. position. It's 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 awful. All right, I like this thirty this thirty team rundown. Thirty I team roundup, we, yeah. We, we we gave uh, we gave our listeners everything they deserve. All right, it's time for before we do one last meaningless thing, then this meaningless thing, I am going to one more time do this. In fact, I'll do it as many times as I have to. Uh, my book, I wrote a book, by the way. I think huh. I mentioned this to you. Yeah. Uh, called Why We Love Baseball, which is coming out September 5th. Uh, would love for you to pre-order it. I think you'll really, really enjoy it. Uh, it is a countdown uh, of the 50 greatest moments in baseball history, 50 most magical moments in baseball history. But... Because uh, you are a podcast listener, I actually threw 108 moments in there. So like bonus moments uh, that you will get. Uh, but I mentioned this for two reasons. One, of course, I would love for you to pre-order it. Pre-orders available everywhere. And if you do pre-order it, you can go to my site. I, I know that, that I said this before and then people could not find this on my site. Um, but I'm putting it on there now so you will have it. Uh, you can go to joeposnanski.com. Uh, and you will see that there is a link for you to uh, fill out a form saying, I pre-ordered. And if you do that, you will get bonus content from the book, um, including a remarkable essay from mm. Mike Shore Ooh. about the most amazing performance he ever saw live. How about that? Mm. Just the most amazing performance. What a tease. What a what tease a te that is. I mean, I mean, how much better it can it be? So go to JoePosnanski.com. I'm going to put that up there as soon as this podcast is over uh, so you can get the link. All you got to do is click on it and uh, it'll be great. Uh, the second thing I want to mention is Mike Shore and I are going to be uh, on stage together in Kansas City on September 8th. Uh, you can uh, pre-order 
Uh, the book uh, from Rainy Day Books. You can actually buy the book from Rainy Day Books the week of. Tickets are going fast, but that's what a ticket price is, is just getting the book. And uh, Mike and I are going to do uh, all, all sorts of stuff. We're going to do all sorts of stuff. It's going to be uh, it's going to be amazing. And, We're going to uh, mostly just sit in a chair and talk about baseball. That's pretty much it, actually. We're yeah. not going to sing, not dance, not do any... Not do anything entertaining at all. In fact, it's going to be just like this, only Yeah, it's, it's just this. You're going to get this. <laughs> <laughs> then on uh, September 12th, uh, I'm going to be in Los Angeles with the delightful and incredible Molly Knight. And uh, we originally had this planned out uh, to be at uh, a uh, the, the bookstore. Chevalier's uh, Books. In, in Mike's neighborhood, Chevalier's mm-hmm. Books. Um but it sold out so fast that Chevaliers has moved the event. So the event is now at uh, the Ebel of Los Angeles Theater Ballroom. There's a ballroom there. Beautiful. And not only will I be there with, with the incredible Molly Knight, I will also be there with Mike Shore. And mostly we will be there with Nick Offerman, who mm-hmm. is... Uh, I am going to have Nick Offerman do a dramatic reading from the book, I hope. I hope he's going to do a dramatic reading from the book that you will uh, definitely not want to miss. Uh, so those tickets are available. Uh, you can go to Chevalier's Books um, uh, website. You can also go to my uh, uh, site, and and uh, I've got links there as well. Uh, but we'd love to see you. We'd love to. Wouldn't we love to see them? Out we there? would love to see them. Of course, we, we would. would love to see you out there. So come on out uh, to Kansas City, LA. I'll be doing a bunch of other events. Mike is not joining me for those events because uh, I, I could only pay him so much that's to right. do the events that he's doing. So so that's what we got. All right. Time for one last meaningless thing. Then this meaningless thing. It's one last meaningless thing to end this meaningless thing. We talk about sports and we draft things we know. Like how beaches are terrible places to go. No hot fruit for Michael, no Diet Coke for Joe. The podcast woe. It's one last woe. I took our daughter to uh, Wake Forest uh, this past week. Uh, we are now officially empty nesters here in our wow. house. Yeah, which is very both sad and kind of great. It's kind of a combination, very sad, but also like we get our refrigerator back. We can go do things we want to do. It's, sure. it's sort of a mix of a lot of things. But Double-edged sword. It's a double-edged sword is what it is. But here's what I wanted to say because I had not thought of this. Every now and again, I see something and I think to myself, wow, that sort of disappeared without me noticing. I remember the first time I did it was when I realized that all airports had taken out um, payphones. Mm. Like the like airports used to always have banks and banks of payphones, and it was sort of like, oh yeah, no nobody would ever need to use a payphone anymore. We all have right. phones. Why would we right. need one? Check my daughter into Wake Forest. She gets her her stuff. She she you know gets the t shirt, gets a key to her room, gets everything else. We go to her room. And she puts the key in, and I realize she's never used a key in her entire life. 
She does not really know how it works. She kind of knows how it works, but not really. Like sure. she's seen people do it like in TV shows and in movies and something, but she kind of doesn't know. And, you know, with a little with a little help, she figures out how to open the door. And then she asks the question, what am I supposed to do with this key? Like, like what, how am I supposed to, like, I don't have any way to carry around this key. And my wife, Margot, happened to have purchased a Wake Forest keychain, which Ooh. she presented, which was very cool, which she presented to Katie, which Katie loved. But here was my favorite part of the whole thing. When Margot gave her the keychain, Katie's response was like, oh, what a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> like, like Margot had invented the keychain. Like she'd invented it, yeah. Yeah, it just came up with this as a way to keep your keys safe. This is great. You just put the keys on here. This is so good. So awesome, awesome experience. Uh, But yeah, the key thing. Do your kids... I mean, look, we don't even use it for cars. We don't use it for no, anything, right? Don't use it for cars. They, they, they know how to use them. They just never do because right. there's it's so. Yeah. Like, no, how we'll, do you we'll, get into your house? Do you guys have like we go in through the garage? That's why the girls would never use the keys. We have like, a we similar. Just, we have a similar setup. There's a gate and there's a code. You go through yeah, the gate, you yeah. know, uh, <laughs> down the driveway and stuff. But they. But the annoying thing is that like when they come to the front door, they just ring the bell no matter what. And sometimes like I when I know they're coming home, I'll I'll unlock the door. Right. Right. And then they'll still ring the bell and I'll get up and go to the door and go, it's open. And they look at shrug and then I open the door. I'm like, you can just try Just try the door. Just try the door. Just try it. There well, that's uh, congratulations on being empty nesters. It's a, uh, I know a lot of folks are going through that. It's a tricky, it is. tricky it's thing. A, it's, a lot it's a tricky of, lot thing. Of it's, a, emotions. It's, a, it's a life moment is what it is. It really is. My one last meaningless thing is much more meaningless, which is that I've had two AA batteries on my desk for about six and a half years and I don't know what to do with them <laughs> where are I, they on your desk they're right here i'm holding them in my hand you can see them. okay yes. they are. uh they're just on my desk and I, I i don't remember why i took them out of something or i needed to put them in something and then they were the wrong size i don't know but they've just been on my desk and i every time i see them i cleaned up my desk yesterday which is why i bring this up i cleaned up my desk had a ton of garbage on it and I was like, well, I can't throw these away. These are batteries. But I don't I don't know if they're if they're new or old. No, they're I not new. No, they might be though. Because if they were old, I feel like I would have just thrown them away. But they're Yeah, but how but, new could they be if they've been on your desk for six and a half yeah, years? Yeah, well, that's the thing. I don't know if they work or if they don't work. I, I don't but I what I do know is that I'm utterly paralyzed by them. I can't I don't know what I can't make myself test them. I like I don't out of out of I don't know, sheer stubbornness, I don't want to give them the time it would take to determine whether they're viable batteries or not. <laughs> and so, but I also don't want to throw them away because if they're perfectly good batteries then you don't want to throw them away. So they're you just here. Always could, always could use a double A battery, man. You could, like, no, those... but can you though? I don't know. I think that used to be Remotes? true. I don't think it's true like, anymore. Still remote remote all of my remotes are triple A's. No. Oh, that's true. That's and true. So I, the, I, these are I, like my kids don't have toys anymore that require double A <laughs> no, battery. I don't. No, I don't know. I don't know what to do with them. So they're just going to sit here. <laughs> I I hope that forever. people will will write in and and suggest what Mike should do with double A batteries. And I hope that keep when it clean. The, at the at the moment of the heat death of the universe, I want these two batteries to be still sitting on this desk. <laughs> I want them to never move and never have any purpose at all except to be you want, there. You want many, many, many centuries from now somebody to come to our house, to your house, yeah. and go, 
what are these objects? I what want the these? I want the aliens from Gorblack Seven to come down and <laughs> be sifting through the remnants of human civilization and find those two batteries and muse upon their possible muse. Well, then, uses. What, what could these? Would they, were these something that they worshipped? Well, like, were they important? This? Were they yes? Were they go- were they gods? Were they small gods? Yeah, that's what I want. It's a great question. It's a great question. All right, Mike, we made it through another one of these. So uh, that's it. Is there anything else you want to add? No, we'll see you all in Kansas City. Come to Kansas uh, City, yes. And maybe Los Angeles. We'd love to see you out there. All right, Mike, as always, thank you. Thanks for having me. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.